Welcome to Respiratory HQ's podcast, Journey to Success. I'm Tanya Peel. It's great to have you here. And if you're an RT student, this weekly podcast is made just for you. It's going to be here that I will provide you tips, tricks, hints, a little motivation, a little inspiration, basically everything you need outside of the classroom to help transform you from an entry-level student into an amazing respiratory therapist. And speaking of transformations, Today's podcast is titled Transitions and Transformations because I've been doing this uh, quite a few years now and I watch students every year transition into different phases of the program and and I really can through observation I've been able to isolate it down into four distinct phases and I want to talk to you about these four phases of transitions that you're going to experience while you're in RT school and maybe what to do in each phase so you're set up successfully moving into the next phase and then moving into the next phase and the last phase before you graduate. So let's just start and talk about the first phase that you're going to enter. And some of you already have. You have that letter of acceptance in hand. I've seen um, Instagram posts and Facebook posts and and everybody sharing all of this excitement. And this is the first phase. This is the feel-good phase, right? I sent out, uh, I posted last week and asked people to share um, what it's like to get accepted. What are they feeling? What, what, what would be some words that would describe this phase? And and here's this, the, the main phrases that kept coming up over and over and over again. Some people have been, they've been really excited. They feel like it's a very rewarding experience. You know, all of the prerequisites that you guys do, the AMP, the micro, all of that hard work has has resulted in you getting an accepted into RT school, and that's a rewarding experience. Some people have said they were on top of the world. It's the best feeling ever. But let me tell you the word that I really, really liked that somebody said. It's exhilarating. And I really like that word because it is excitement. But it is excitement that brings happiness and that brings joy. And if you think about it, that's what we all want in life, right? We want to be happy with what what our choices are, happy with our career, happy with our family. So to use the word exhilarating really made me excited for that student because I feel like they, they know that they've made a good decision for themselves. But let's talk about this. It's not really a but. It's, it's a what do we need to do in this phase. Well, number one, you need to live it, love it, tell everybody about it, post it, set with this feeling, let it settle deep inside of you because you need to remember how this feels. Because there are going to be times in RT school that you're not going to feel this way. Okay, you're going to be working, you're going to be studying, you're going to be testing. There are going to be some challenges as you go through your RT program. And I will tell you, if you can remember this feeling that you're feeling right now, and then remember why you did it. Remember last week's episode, we talked about find your why. Those two things will carry, carry you through all of the challenges that you're going to experience. So just just, just love it right now and feel it and let yourself be happy with this. 
But I am going to say that one of the things that we need to do, and we'll talk about this more in next week's episode, is while you have all of this excitement and this energy that comes with this excitement, this is where we need to plan, okay? We need to plan and we need to organize before the first day of school. And when I say plan, here's what I mean. If I asked a student, hey, tell me when you're going to study, and they say, well, I'm going to study whenever I can. That tells me that student probably hasn't looked at their schedule really good. They haven't compared their class schedule to their personal life, okay? And so one of the things we're going to talk about is how to organize your time, how to set up a schedule, how to stick to that schedule, to dedicate yourself to that schedule so that that you're using your time as efficiently as possible. So we have to plan that. We have to organize that. And another thing that I want to talk to you about, and we'll talk more about this next week, is, is planning how you're going to organize your classes. I mean, how do you organize your notes? How do you organize all your content? So what you really need to do in this first initial phase, why you're excited, is use all this excitement and all this energy that you have. Plan. Plan for the next phase because you are about to transition into the second phase. And this second phase happens pretty much the first day of school and probably lasts through the first week, maybe for some of you through the first month, okay? You are still excited in this second phase. You're still excited about starting, but maybe with this phase, you're a little nervous, okay? Maybe you're a little scared, Actually, I had one student say they were terrified the first day of school. And so let's talk about this right here because this is a very important phase. And how you approach it oftentimes predicts how you're going to end up in this program, okay? So with this this feeling of nervousness that you have, there's a healthy way to deal with this. And then there's a very unhealthy way to deal with this. And I want to go the unhealthy route first and talk about this because I have a lot of experience with this. This is something I work on and have worked on for years within myself. If I get a little nervous and I'm not, I'm doing something new and I I don't, I'm not really certain of the outcome, I start doubting myself. Okay. Do you, do you feel like that? So a lot of students do this too. They get accepted and they're nervous and they, they start telling themselves, well, maybe I'm not smart enough, or maybe I'm not dedicated enough, or maybe I don't have enough time in my schedule to study. And, and I've been told all my life, it just, I I wasn't smart enough to do something like this. And man, this is, this is a really dangerous and unhealthy road to go down. Because our brains, as much as what we utilize our brains for to rationalize and to make things logical, our brains really sometimes are not very smart. And our brains believe what what we're telling it. And so if you are constantly telling yourself that you're not enough, you're not smart enough, you're not dedicated enough, you don't have enough time, and you're not enough, you're not enough, you're not enough, you're going to start believing that. And if you believe that, you're probably not going to be successful here. So I want to caution you on talking talking to yourself in that unhealthy manner. And when you start doing that, Hopefully you'll realize it. And I've got two really good tricks. And these are not my tricks. Um, I listen to Mel Robbins. She's, I'm a big Mel Robbins fan. I think she has some real life uh, tips and tricks to help you just transition to, through certain stages in life. But she's got this something called a five-second rule. So if you can catch yourself 
doing all that negative talk. I'm not enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not dedicated enough. If you catch yourself doing that, you stop right there and you count backwards from five. Okay. So five, four, three, two, one, and then give a statement of fact, something you know about yourself that is good. I am smart enough. I took all of those A&P micro classes and I made A's. I am dedicated. I've taken all of the prerequisites. All I have left is is respiratory school. So if you can stop that negative train of thought and start feeding your brain those positive thoughts, pretty soon that'll become habit. Okay, so I want you to work on that. Another thing that, that Mel Robbins talks about that I really like is it's going to be kind of funny if you actually try this. Um, so high five yourself. Like when you're getting ready in the morning and you're doing your hair and your makeup or getting ready in the morning and you're looking in your vanity mirror, just stop and give yourself a high five. Give yourself that, that verbal affirmation, that, that high five affirmation that you've got it to start out that day positively. And it's going to feel weird probably the first time that you do it. But if you're not going to be a cheerleader for yourself, how can you expect anybody else to be a cheerleader, right? So start every day with a high five and see if that doesn't help you a little bit with those negative thoughts and negative feelings. All right, so let's talk about we're still in phase two, right? And, and what I'm telling you is that you're, you're nervous and you're excited. There is a healthy way to deal with this, okay? And let's talk about this because I tell people if they can stay in this phase right here, this is the best phase. You're rolling into this with a plan. You're rolling into this organized. And yeah, you're a little bit nervous, but that nervousness is good. It gets you a little bit outside that comfort zone. And it makes you a little bit on edge, which means that's when you're going to study. That's going to when you're going to work your hardest and do your best to prove to yourself that you've got what it takes. So it's an uncomfortable place to be, no doubt, when, you, when you're a little uncertain and you're a little nervous. So I'm going to tell you, you need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And if you can live outside that comfort zone complacency will never set in. So work to keep that feeling of just a little bit of nervousness all the way through school because that's going to help. And this this feeling of nervousness, this feeling of of this 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 sweet spot getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. If you can work with that, that's going to help transition you from this entry-level student to a student that has a plan, they're prepared. Now you're ready to execute that plan and the execution of that plan is what transitions you to the third phase and I call this third phase the grind and as a a matter of fact I just glanced down to my note and I have it in big capital letters the grind so the grind is really what I call respiratory school all right this excited and exhilarating feeling that you have it's going to wear off that you're going to hate what you're doing. You're going to have lots of fun when you're in respiratory school. But there are going to be times that you're going to struggle and you're going to hit challenges, whether it's personal things that happen or maybe you just get to some content that is just really difficult for you and you're going to struggle a little bit. This is the grind. And the thing about the grind is we we don't do a lot of talking about it and we don't do a lot of prepping for it. 
and you know, we, we talk about the beginning stages when you get accepted into the program. Everybody's doing Instagram posts or Facebook posts and you're showing your acceptance letters and you know, you, you're getting ready for clinicals and you go by the scrubs and the stethoscopes and you're taking selfies of yourself because you know, you make those scrubs look good, right? Your stethoscope matches with your safety goggles. You've got it going on. You are cutting this nice professional appearance and you want to take pictures and you want to share that because it's glamorous right and at the end of the program when you're almost done you're lining up the photographers to take pictures of you in your cap and gown and and your stethoscope getting ready to enter the job and we take lots of photos of that and we dream about that and we think about that long term but all the stuff in the middle which is respiratory school we don't spend a lot of time taking pictures there because the grind guys it's not it's not glamorous you know the grind it takes it takes grit and and grit isn't very pretty but the thing about the grind is you have to visualize yourself doing the hard work you have to picture that in your mind and you have to to settle into it and become comfortable with it because there are going to be some times that you are studying 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 and you're just not getting it and you're going to have to reach out to your instructors you're going to have to reach out to your peers and you need to think about that you need to spend some time thinking about what that looks like and what that feels like clinicals and there are going to be days that you get up for clinicals at 3.30 in the morning because you have a 5 a.m. arterial blood gas rotation. And, you know, there's nothing glamorous at all about 3.30 in the morning to go stick for ABGs. It's hard. But you got to think about that. You have to visualize that. And people that have visualized themselves doing the work, getting into the grind, those people are typically much more successful in RT school. So I'm going to tell you two things that are really, really important within the grind. Number one, you need tools and you need tricks and you need you need resources so that you can grind more efficiently. And that's what I'm going to be here for. Um, on my website, I, I have what I call the, the HQ toolbox. And there I'm going to give you tips and tricks to make the, the work more efficient, to make your learning more efficient. So we got to figure out a way for you to work smarter and not harder. That's really, really important in the grind. Another very important action you want to take during this phase is to look at your classmates and start aligning yourself with the appropriate people. And the appropriate people are going to be those that motivate you, those that inspire you to be a better person, to be a better student, and eventually to be a better respiratory therapist. Um, just to give you an example of what I mean by this, I was at a leadership workshop last week and they had this great analogy and this analogy was, was for department directors and, and types of therapists that they may encounter working for their department. But I think the same can be said from a cohort of students. And so here's the analogy, picture a canoe and in this canoe, we have nine people. We have three people in the front of the canoe with oars. Three people in the back that are drilling holes and three people in the middle just sitting there doing nothing. Okay, so the three people in the front that have the oars, they're workers. They're your go-to people. They're the people that get the job done because they are reliable. They're dependable. 
they are team players. These people are typically very positive. They are people that can see a problem, but be able to communicate it in a very professional manner. And when they come to their supervisors, or maybe it's in a classroom setting, coming to their instructors, they are able to present the problem very professionally, but not just present the problem, to have a solution for it also. These kind of people make very positive impacts in they can make a positive impact in your life and they are going to be the people that make a positive impact in the future of our profession those are the people you need to seek out to be part of the three people in the back of the canoe that are drilling holes just as soon as or as fast as they possibly can you can identify these people really pretty quickly because these are people that are always whining or complaining um, that, that they have problems, but those problems are never their fault. They're, it's always somebody else's fault. There's always an excuse for something. These typically are people that will impede your progress. They are people that will hold you back. And ultimately, these type of people, if they get into our profession or if they are in our profession already, they are holding the profession back. They keep you and they keep our profession from being great. Don't align yourself with those people. Let's talk about the people that are in the middle. Because the people in the middle, they're not drilling holes. They're not trying to sabotage everything. But they're not picking up a row and helping with forward advancement. And so you may be a student that that just comes to school and you're very quiet. You don't really want to say anything because maybe you're afraid that the questions you have might look stupid. Maybe you're just one of those people that are very, very quiet and you don't interact a lot. I'm going to encourage you to step outside of your comfort zone. Okay, because in not participating in in not being part of that that group that's in the front of the canoe, you're depriving yourself of opportunities to learn and opportunities to grow and advance opportunities to become a better respiratory therapist. So if you're one of those people that that you just typically show up, do your work and go home, I'm going to urge you to just make one little step forward. Start working yourself to the front of the canoe so that you can help be part of the future of our profession. Um, one of the things when you start aligning yourself with and finding those people, those forward thinkers, that, that group that is are very positive people, one of the things that you're going to see happening are really cool conversations. And these conversations probably at the beginning after you get to know each other are going to revolve around content that you're learning. And you're going to learn pretty quickly when you're talking about content and how to study and the best way to approach it. Some people in your group are going to be natural critical thinkers. If you're one of those people, help teach others. Teach others that thought process you're using to critically think that. If you're somebody that struggles just a little bit with critical thinking skills, these are the people you want to study with because they can help you learn how to critically think. It'll help you on your tests, and eventually it's going to help you in critical uh, clinical practice, learning what to do and figuring out why problems are presenting themselves in the patient so you ultimately know how to treat them in the best manner that you possibly can. So also in clinical practice, when you start working with these therapists that are these dependable, reliable 
positive thinking therapist, you're going to see that, well, there are problems in our profession. Okay. And there are problems that, that if a lot of positive thinking people and critical thinking people would approach as a group, we can start finding solutions that will improve and advance our practice and profession. So definitely, you want to be in that group that's going to be the future of our profession. So start looking for those forward thinkers. Start looking for the reliable, dependable workers. Align yourself with them, and they will help transition you from a very well-prepared student to a critical thinking therapist. So when you think about this, this is where you're going to transition into that final phase. That phase that, man, you're almost there. You see the light at the end of the tunnel. This is an exciting phase. You're excited to get out in the workforce. So get that resume ready in this phase. Start looking at the hospitals. Where do you want to work? What is a good fit for you? Because when you go on the interviews at the hospital, you're interviewing that hospital as much as they are interviewing you. You want to put yourself in a facility that is a best fit for you, a, a facility that's, that's going to support you, that's going to help you be a, the, the best therapist you can be. So be sure when you go to your interviews that you have researched that facility and you you ask questions to try to ascertain if that clinical site is a good fit for you. This is also the phase that you're going to start signing up for your credentialing exams. It's, it's the phase where you're going to start prepping and taking review workshops for those credentialing exams. So this, once you're graduated and once you've taken the, the TMC and passed it and taken the CSE and passed that, you are then have transformed yourself into that critical thinking respiratory therapist. So guys, that's what we are shooting for. We're shooting for making you for this, this beginning student that's about to start and getting you prepped all the way through so that you are a successful, amazingly, critically thinking respiratory therapist. All right, that's all for today, folks. I hope you found this um, to your benefit. I'm really looking forward to next week where I help you plan and organize all of your time and content before your first day of school. Until then, I want you to start thinking of just how much of a difference you can make in the respiratory therapy profession. I'm excited to be here with you, and I hope to see you soon. Bye now.